Welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking sewing machines and shit, I guess. Uh, I'm your host, Preston, and as always by my delightful co-host. Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Check us out on TikTok. I don't know what our most recent TikToks have been, but I'm sure they weren't as good as the Black Harfoots one, because that's the best thing we've ever done. Uh, none of them are going to be as good as... What was the one that really stoked a lot of controversy? And Was it the Obi-Wan one? I think so. Yeah. 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 I love uh, when people are just like, eh, just like, it's, th- there's no like middle area. It's either like, yeah, preach or like, stop being a bitch and just go watch things, which is, again, I, see my rant from the last episode. Yep. I don't want to waste my time seeing something that's not good. Anyway, yeah, go watch the TikTok and engage with the TikTok. Just like it. You do, you know, I wish, I've, I've said it before. All the little buttons on the right side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do all of them. You do the like, you do, uh, you can share it like the little arrow, you share mm-hmm. it, just send it to me. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, hit the save it like to a collection. Like mm-hmm. I just, I see when you save it to a collection, but I want to see it more. Yeah. Uh, you can comment, just comment, be like, Preston's an idiot. I don't care. Yeah. Like, honestly, you can do that. Preston's an idiot. And then we'll see what other comments happen. Be like, yeah, I agree. And then I'm fine with a hate train. Pumps yeah. the algorithm. Great. Uh, just do all of them. Sounds good. If you don't have a TikTok, get get a TikTok. No. Have we talked about the? Have, have I, did I talk about this? We've done this little spiel too. Yeah. Just get a TikTok. No. Look, the Chinese are going to get your information information anyway. Not if I'm also not on Instagram. They get it anyway. Yeah. They get it. Will. They're getting it by balloons now. <laughs> just get off your high horse of. Uh, like, if you just don't want TikTok because you don't want TikTok. That whatever. joke is going to not be relevant by the time this episode <laughs> comes out. They have an army of balloons. It may be more relevant. Hopefully not more relevant later. Um, the sky is darkened by the, <laughs> the balloons. The balloons will blot out the sun. <laughs> That's a uh, 300 reference. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do the TikTok thing. Matt, what you been up to? Uh, a couple of things, which is probably for the best, because apparently you haven't been up to anything. So I'll at least talk about one thing. That's Okay. That, just what I've I haven't been up to anything because I've been up to one thing so I can always talk about it a little bit and make try to wrap it into some stuff yeah sounds good cool um I started Zelda Breath of the Wild yay, yay! open world games Woo! yeah it's complicated how far are you um uh, still running around have you played it no, i'm not so okay. don't give me like names but like early on still there yeah so you start out on like a big plateau and there's little things to do it's i guess it's sort of a prolonged tutorial island that's that's tutorial island yeah okay there's all there's always a tutorial island there's yeah. not a single game that doesn't have a tutorial island yeah some are just better at masquerading it than others yeah so that you're definitely on tutorial island okay <laughs> it's a fairly big and complicated tutorial island for yeah. my completely lack of a mm-hmm. frame of reference you know where that comes from right or that name comes from no like the phrase uh so it's a trope that's obvious right uh runescape uh so literally they have tutorial island that they start you on and you go from one point to the next did you ever play runescape no uh you literally just like go to each one and they're like this is how you shoot a bow this is how you attack this is how you cut down a tree this is how you cook food like this is how the hats economy and works it's actually called tutorial island and then when you're done with it, they say, okay, time to go to the mainland. And then they teleport you to the mainland. And literally on the map, you see Tutorial Island. So, like, That's fun. all RPGs, like, open world mm-hmm. and stuff, like, have a sense of Tutorial Island. Yep. Um, sometimes it's literally an island, like uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you start on an island. Cool. Uh, sometimes it's a just a small little area that you can then go through a door and out yeah. and stuff like that. So sometimes yeah. it's a plateau. So you're on Tutorial Island, or you just finished yeah. it. You're on. Uh, I'm like, uh, I don't know. There's a certain number of little temples that you have to go around and pick up skills. And I've gone to three out of the five, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. You can you can kind of look around. You can see the final boss just yeah. from where you start. You just look out over over the vistas, and there he is. Nice. Yeah, no, it's um, it's much more complicated than Hollow Knight, which is basically my only frame of reference yes. for video games at this point. There's yep. just there's so much more going on. Mm-hmm. There was like I was trying to go to one of these temples, but it's up kind of high in the mountain, and so I tried climbing up, and I just got hypothermia and died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I was like, okay, so uh, I found a fire, and I, if I carry a torch, I don't get burned. But then I'm trying to go up to this place, and there's this uh, I don't remember exactly what they call them, but like a a goblin that's slightly higher level mm-hmm. than the normal ones. So I'm like, okay, well, um, let's see. So I can shoot him with an arrow and then get him to chase me. And then he'll come back down and there'll be these explosive barrels and I can throw one of those at him. And I did that. And the explosive barrel blew up in my face and killed me. Nice. <laughs> um, learn your lessons. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, so I can shoot him with an arrow and run away and shoot him with another arrow and run away and shoot him with another arrow and run away. Um, and just do that until he dies. And I ran out of arrows and he killed me. Okay. <laughs> uh, so was he too high level for you? No, I'm just bad at video games. Okay. <laughs> um, it is taking a little bit of getting used to uh, the fact that I have to control the camera also. Yes, yes. That is definitely game. something. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm not completely new to that. I mm-hmm. have Call of Duty some. Right. Um, so I'm familiar with the concept and my fingers kind of know what to do, but it's mm-hmm. it's clumsy. Yeah. That's definitely one of those things that takes a while to get really good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you're not at least like you walk forward, turn the camera, walk forward, turn the camera. Because that's no. usually how they start. How yeah, people no, start with no. it. I'm, I'm much more fluent than that. But yeah. sometimes it's just like, okay, I need to stop and reset. Oh, there's a bad guy right there. Okay, yep. that's a problem. Um, yeah. no, I did eventually kill that goblin in particular. Nice. And then um, turned around and went somewhere completely different instead. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks interesting over there. Yep. That's, uh, that's the open world yeah. thing. Man, you and Kaylin are so different mm-hmm. with that. She doesn't she doesn't want to play like Lego Harry Potter because she doesn't she just wants to be told where to go. Mm. Like she doesn't want open world. Yeah. And you're like, I love just wandering just around. Wandering around. They <laughs> built this whole beautiful world for yeah. me to play around in. I'm Man. Yeah. I cannot wait to just give you all of the open world <laughs> games that there's are that. A, there's a there's the old tutorial guide man and he's like yeah, so you can uh, fast travel using this alien teleporter machine to uh, any of these specific places that you've yeah. already been. So why don't you fast travel back to this one place? And I was like, no, I'm just going to walk through and enjoy the scenery. Nice. I just kind of walked through and enjoyed the scenery. It was pretty cool. Um, that won't last very long. You will start back. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> um, I did turn around and use it because I didn't want to climb back up the thing. Oh, yeah. climbing is a pain. Yeah. I have died because I... So is it like platforming kind of stuff where you like climb up like like rock climbing and then like little jumps like platforming kind of stuff um i'm sure there will be some of that but at this point it's mostly just you hold the up button and hope Uh, you don't run out of stamina before you get to the top gotcha (laughs) surprising amount of cooking yes yep um there's always like with most rpgs there is a form of cooking whether it be like potions or like mm -hmm. like i mean it's just cooking is just crafting like almost everything has crafting yeah and so there's there's also crafting you kill monsters and animals and stuff and stick stuff together yep yep i've murdered a few frogs nice 
killed a squirrel. Nice. It, get some... it dropped an acorn. An acorn. Okay. Yeah, which makes sense. It killed some fish, which is kind of fun. Nice. Go fishing. Buy a fish. Okay, fishing. Uh, yeah, well, um, so one of them I shot with an arrow, uh, okay. and then one of them I just kind of dived on it and then clicked the button and it was in my inventory. Yeah, so that happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the world is beautiful. Just like the, the water is clear. It looks like real mm-hmm. water you're swimming around in, and it's like... Um, there's some little it's like it's slightly cartoony just with the art style but it's like you see your shadow if you're standing on top of something and Mm -hmm. the sun goes overhead and the weather changes and skeletons come out and attack you at night as in adorable watching you like experience these things that have been normal for you yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like yeah yeah there's shadows yeah Yeah, weather yep crafting and something you're like oh like i love it it's adorable little things you can do um yeah one thing i'm finding very annoying is that your weapons just break yep you use them and then they break mm-hmm. um and that's kind of frustrating i just i want to have my nail and i just want to hit things with my nail <laughs> and then get some spells and some nail upgrades along the way i want oh. it simple like that yeah so um i don't know it's 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 fun it's immersive it's cool to just run around and try the different things i think i definitely was enjoying hollow knight a lot more at this mm-hmm. point in the game um i don't know if that's just because it's the big step up in complexity and i'm not used to that or ready for that that's probably it you're using a lot more like you're probably getting a little more mental fatigued Mm -hmm. from just like i mean doing the the camera on its own like Mm -hmm. just that aspect alone when you're not like when it's not second nature to you yeah can get fatiguing yeah yeah because that happens to me too like for the most part if like almost all games that are third person and uh free uh it's called free move cam- uh, free camera free move camera whatever it is free, the nipple. free free look free look camera there it is some are a little weird so like older games uh so jack and dexter mm-hmm. uh it was a trilogy or jack and dexter then jack through jack three mm-hmm. uh the camera was inverted mm-hmm. all the way uh. so like the standard now is when you push left analog stick when you push it to the right mm-hmm it's you are essentially moving the camera in that direction right so you are looking more left when you move right but that one is flipped so that when you are pushing right you are looking more to the right and so the camera moves left and like that game always fatigues me at the beginning because it takes me a while to like recalibrate my my thumb and my my mind yep but like most games are the way that i'm assuming zelda Mm -hmm. is yep I'd say you get familiar with it, and it's almost always, like, the sensitivity is very similar. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, I mean, that one, it's a present-day game. So, like, that and God of War probably feel the exact same yeah. when doing stuff like that. Yeah. So, it takes a little bit of practice, and then once it becomes second nature, you'll you'll literally be, like, running backwards. Like, you'll just be running straight in a line mm-hmm. and be fully looking around for things. Like, just moving the camera, and, like, yeah. you're, you're moving both fingers, like, in proportion so that you are continuing to run in a straight line yeah. but your camera's moving yep. you'll get there yeah but no it's i mean it's already reasonably comfortable with mm-hmm. the controls um i can tell it is definitely exerting more mental power mm-hmm. yep. um and it's just a more complicated world in some sense because you yeah. can i think the big problem um or the big difference is i can see more and so i'm yeah. a little overwhelmed with like whoa i could go yes. over there I could, I see, oh, there's some goblins down there. Let me go fight those guys. Oh, no, there's a boss down here. What am I going to do about that? I can't fight him. That is one of the bigger issues with, uh, again, I'm alluding to my content episode that will happen eventually. One of the mm-hmm. bigger problems with like open world games is like 
there's so much that it can get overwhelming and mm-hmm. it's like there's so much stuff stuff around mm-hmm. physically but there's also like i don't know how much uh, there is with zelda but there's like the different crafting and levels and i don't know if you mm-hmm. have skills and abilities that you unlock with experience and stuff like that i don't know um there's just like a lot of mechanics that you have to like kind of mm-hmm. understand yeah and I'll, I'll admit too like even when i play big open world games sometimes i don't really get on board with it the first time almost mm-hmm. every time i play it i don't really get on board with it at the beginning because it's like it can either just be overwhelming like cyberpunk was really overwhelming right off the bat yeah or you start with like something like red dead where like they restrict you from a lot of the things that you know you can do but you can't do it yet uh, so the tutorial island is like kind of long that one is one of the best ones at like hiding tutorial island uh-huh. because at least it's a long story that you're going through different right stories and stuff like that and you're getting the story still even for someone who plays a lot of open worlds and rpgs mm-hmm. and stuff like that sometimes it can get a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. and can kind of turn you off so it's yeah you'll, you'll get a little more comfortable I'd, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if you have a similar situation with zelda and hollow knight that i have with uh house of the dragon and rings of power okay where you appreciate hollow knight more mm-hmm. but you enjoy playing zelda more okay like i think i have a because you're gonna i feel like you're gonna feel a little bit more like there's so much to do and it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. about halfway through the game yeah then with hollow knight where it's like you kind of it's a little bit more linear with yeah. like kind of objectives and explore like this that. world and yeah and this place and kill this so, boss i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that's kind of that okay. ends up so it's possible yeah, we'll I'm so happy you're playing video games. I'm so happy you're choosing good ones too. <laughs> like even ones that I haven't played. Like I need yeah. to get a Switch. But yeah, simple solution. Eventually, yep. but that costs money. Yeah. And also, they're already talking about the next generation. They're already yeah. talking about phasing the Switch out. Yep. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll update if anything particularly interesting happens with that. But I'm yeah. I'm enjoying it so far. Um. Yeah, Good. I'm not like massively excited, but right. I'll, I'll continue playing for sure. Did you, been, of, you beat Pokemon, right? Uh, not really. Um, so I beat all the boss, uh, the gym leaders. I beat the elite four and the champion. Um, and then you get to rematch against all of them. And I think there's a major plot point that's supposed to happen that mm. I haven't gotten to yet. Gotcha. But, um, I'm discovering I'm almost like an anti-completionist interesting like i'll get really close to the end and then be like okay i've had enough of this oh that's kind of the way i am like i i, I do that all the time like that's what i did mm-hmm. with like god of like to me it's more story driven like i'm like yeah like i get to the end i'm like oh i really want to finish the story mm-hmm. and then when i finish the story i'm like i don't want to just sit in this world when nothing's happening yeah like i still need a little bit of that story which is why like i'm a completionist when i then go back and I, whenever i get around to playing mm. like god not get around i'm actively choosing not to play it because i'm doing the same thing with horizon yep. like i want to avoid playing it for a while so it can be like really fresh and exciting and yeah. it. but like i know the story for the most part so i can go really so i can take longer breaks mm-hmm. between major major events yeah to like do more yep. but also like if it's that's it's a little bit different with those games and it sounds like with pokemon where it's mm-hmm. like there's now a lot to do before you get to the next plot point um i'm not exactly sure how it's all supposed okay. to happen um but yeah there's mm. there's a thing that they definitely set up it's like yeah this is probably going to happen at some point gotcha and it hasn't happened and i don't know what triggers it mm. um and what the consequences of it will be okay um, and you're not the kind of google it because you want to you want the game no, to actually experience yep. it yeah so all right yeah we'll see yeah 
Um, I didn't mention this on the news episode last week, but this is actually tremendously exciting news for me. Uh, they have a new official release date for the Advance Wars reboot on Switch. Oh, shit. Yeah, coming out in April. Nice. Um, they announced the news on my birthday, and I was like, uh, yes, best <laughs> birthday present ever. They knew it. Yeah. They knew it was your birthday. They know you. You're the only fan of that game. I'm just kidding. That, no, that's not true. There's a, there's a oh, su- surprisingly dedicated following. Like, there's, there's, there's tournaments. and Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a it's cool. Legit and thing. it's on Switch? Uh, yes, it will be coming to Switch. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the original game is just very elemental, beautiful, pure turn-based strategy kind of yeah. thing. So they're, I mean, they're basically just rebooting it for mm. Switch. It looks like um, what we've seen from the trailers looks visually kind of unappealing. Like it's hard to tell what's what, mm. but we'll see. Yeah. They've also had a couple of years to <laughs> rework it. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what ha- what happens. Yeah. But nice. I'm, I'm excited for that. And then uh, I read the three body problem. Three body problem. Yep. Have I heard of this? Yes. In what way have I heard of this? Is it something that I've contemplated and you're like, this sounds a lot like this that you should read? Or is it... it? Uh, we've talked about the fact that it's being adapted. Oh. Oh, God. Okay, I don't know. Um, yeah, Benioff and Weiss are doing an adaptation for Netflix um, that comes out reasonably soon, I think. Okay. Um, like, it's it's happening. Yeah, so it's a it's the first of a trilogy of sci-fi books by a Chinese author. So they're actually translated, and so it's the the story is set in China. Um, it opens with kind of a prologue on a character during the Cultural Revolution in China, and a lot of horrifying things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then jumps to the present day, where there's a scientist and he's doing some interesting research, and he's gets sort of sucked into some sort of conspiracy uh military conspiracy and there's this secret society and a bunch of scientists are mysteriously dying Mm. and then it takes a real wild turn like halfway through through the first book yeah and you kind of know what the uh, it it, it is culturally known what the book is about okay so i feel like i can talk about it a little bit yeah you okay with that go for it all right Um, So basically it is revealed that uh, this is all set in the context of an impending alien invasion. Okay. And then it kind of unravels how all of these plot points feed back into the impending alien invasion. Okay. And how society is reacting to it. Um, Or not society, but these like high-ranking individuals. um, So they know that they know that the aliens are going to invade. um, And so they're, a whole bunch of people thinking about how to deal with that situation that some people gotcha. that are like yeah humans are pretty terrible aliens come wipe us out please yeah. some people that are like yeah humans are pretty terrible aliens come help build a better society for us because we've mm-hmm. reached our limit there's some people that are like nah humans are not that great but also aliens don't wipe us out let's let's figure out how to fight them mm-hmm. and just some really interesting so a lot of humans aren't great yeah basically <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, a big, big plot, big or big thematic point is, gotcha. yeah, humans are kind of terrible. Um, yeah, so it gets into some really interesting philosophical questions. Um, I've just started the second book in the trilogy, uh, which is in a world where it is revealed to everyone that the aliens are coming. Mm-hmm. And so it gets more into, or it seems so far like it's getting more into sociological questions. Um, there's like the... the 
in the open in the sort of the contextual background of the opening of the second book there's like a un debate over um whether it's acceptable for countries to set up uh escape spaceships to just fly away into space mm. and some interesting philosophical banter about that nice yeah no it's i i kind of I, I knew roughly what it was about going in and it's still completely unlike what i was expecting and unlike pretty much anything i've ever read before but it's really engaging. when did this come out when did the books come out uh recently okay like past decade or so yeah recently enough for adaptation to be relevant mm-hmm. um i'm very intrigued to see how they adapt it because it is a lot of um either dialogue or just a internal monologue sort of philosophizing mm. Um, so we'll see how they're able to stretch the plot. Um, there are some really fun plot points. Um, there's a, I won't spoil too much of the details, but there are some people on a ship and one faction of people needs to somehow capture some information from that ship without it being destroyed. Just like a a boat Mm -hmm. sailing in the ocean. And the solution they come up with is just utterly ingenious. It's the coolest thing I've ever read about just fantastic nice so um that happens like right at the very end of the book but oh you gotta read it um but it's it's really it's it's 400 pages and i got through in like five days you read faster than me though i do read faster than (laughs) you but also it's a quick hard to put down kind of read gotcha it did help that one of those nights i sat down at about 10 30 and um, it's pretty cold, and I put a blanket on my lap, and the cat sat down and laid down, and was <laughs> like, "Okay, I guess I'm here for the next couple hours." <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, no, three body problem. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. I'll let you know when I'm done with the trilogy, which will probably be in like two weeks. So nice. Um, although the books do get progressively longer, mm. and the second one is harder to read. It's jumping around from a lot of new different characters, and it feels like the translation is a little rougher. Mm. Maybe maybe it's a little more literal or so. I, 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 I'm not familiar enough with translation, especially from Chinese, to um, have much of a frame of reference. But it's it feels like it's a little clunkier, mm. a little harder to read, um, but still quite good. A lot of interesting stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, um, I've been hearing a lot of good things about this and I was already interested for the adaptation. Now I'm very, very interested because we know D&D are entirely capable adapters yeah it's um, not original yeah it's <laughs> not original creators yeah yeah so they've got some well-established well-liked source material let's kind of let's see what they do with it yeah maybe they'll get the world back on their side could be after everyone yeah. they literally disappeared from society when season eight came out because they yeah. knew it was not going to go well yeah no this uh this could be their redemption story yep nice so yeah cool i'm liking it Anything else? Not really. No. Right. Some stuff in the middle of. So yep. Talk about. I uh. So I. I haven't done anything basically mm-hmm. in the past two weeks except for just learning, continuing to learn how to code a video game. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of like. I well, basically what I'll talk about is like. So the game that I have been wanting to make, and I've uh, accidentally got Nick involved because he like re- our friend Nick who. Mm-hmm. Like he's really excited about it. I was just talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I've got these ideas. And now he's like really, inter- really nah. excited. So now I have an actual dev team, which is fun. So someone I can bounce ideas off of. And yeah. uh, he's got some really cool ideas too. Uh, so I had this idea a year ago ish. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when it was, but uh, when I watched gladiator, 
Dope flick. Whenever that was. Um, and I was like, it'd be interesting to have a game that's like a fighting game, but it's not about killing. It's about putting on a show. Yeah, because a lot of the fun of like even just like a little 2D fighter Mortal Kombat vessel is not just winning, but, you know, putting together these flashy combos and stuff. Yeah, it'd be, and it'd be cool like, if there's a me- well, there's mechanic like, that There's a lot that. of, like, it's a lot about winning. It's like, cause yeah. it, it's a competition. And, yeah. But that, but with, like, Mortal Kombat, it's specifically a competition because you're usually playing against somebody. Right. But usually it's like, what's the best way? Like, so the, the when playing a game, the fun is finding the best way to achieve objective right now for almost every single game with like combat like so i'm thinking mm-hmm. like god of war kind of combat yeah. and like that kind of stuff it's to kill the other person mm-hmm. but what if the objective was not to kill the person but was to put on a show and stoke the crowd yeah and then also read the crowd on because the thing with gladiators is so okay if there's any randomly some like gladiator historians listening mm-hmm. i'm simplifying some stuff Gladiator combat was going on for like hundreds of years, and mm-hmm. the difference, like, gladiator combat in like uh, ten, a uh, hundred BC, and like in kind of its golden age of like late, like late first, early second century, mm-hmm. wildly different games. Yep. Literally by the end of it, there, there, some uh, arenas had like rules against killing the opponent Mm -hmm. because it was about putting on the show yeah uh so there's a lot of history that like it's very it's 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 hard to make one thing very historically accurate to such a broad range yep and so what i've been doing is like i've been learning a lot about all of it and kind of finding where in that history my idea of the game fits best Mm -hmm. because the way I described it to my, uh, so I'm going to keep saying Nick instead of like my friend Nick. Mm -hmm. The reason, by the way, another side note that anytime I say a person's name and then kind of fix it and say our friend blank Mm -hmm. is because we were told really early on that there's like an outsider insider kind of feeling when we just talk about our friends. So our friend Nick, Nick. uh, So what I, the way I described it to him is I would like the game to be, accurate within the rule set of history Mm -hmm. but otherwise it's fiction Mm -hmm. uh so historical fiction it's like usually the best way to put it we're like you look at this and it's like okay this is how this is who these gladiators are this is how they train this is how this match goes this is how kind of how it works Mm -hmm. is historically accurate but all the people are fiction yeah these specific fights were not real fights like that kind of stuff because I just want it to be, like, as historically accurate as possible, but also I need to make a game that's enjoyable and, mm-hmm. like, uh, stuff like that. By the... In the kind of the golden age, like, it was... These were sports stars. This was an, a sports event. Mm-hmm. Uh, people would go to... They didn't want... For, like, the gladiator combat, just the one-on-one, which is almost always what it was. Mm-hmm. People didn't go to these shows, for the most part, by the end, to watch somebody die... Right. They went to watch a show. Yeah. And so, like, there was a lot of times where it was, like, it's about putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Typically, the way a gladiator event, like, a day, there would maybe be, like, uh, 10 to 12 a year. Uh, a mm-hmm. day would be, like, in the beginning of the day, you have, like, the, the, the animal tamers, the people who are specialized in fighting animals or killing mm-hmm. them or taming them or whatever. Uh, then you'd have, like, the, um, the just the 
the executions mm-hmm. in some glamorous way, burning them at stake, whatever you want to yep. do. And then you'd have the gladiator combat towards the end. That's the highlight of the day. It's usually one-on-one. Yeah. There were very few occasions of them having multiple people. Uh, there's like the most gladiators on the field recorded is they had 10 or five pairs of gladiators fighting. Okay. So it wasn't even one on multiple. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of like the gladiator stuff you see in media and stuff like that mm-hmm. is very fictionalized. Yeah. And not There's right. some really cool, like they're doing a historical scene in gladiator and it's like, we'll put these guys in chariots and put these other guys on this team against them. And yeah. The- and that, uh, they did have chariot fighting and mm-hmm. I actually, that's a, uh, actually an interesting one I need to look into. Like if they had chariot versus people, I doubt it, mm-hmm. but like they did have gladiators who specialized in fighting on a chariot. Yep. Whether or not they fought people, on foot that could have also that could have been a thing so we'll see like maybe but uh the one versus five guys uh sometimes uh it was rare but they would take like one really experienced guy and Mm -hmm. like maybe two newbies Mm -hmm. because anyone who's been in a real fight or like like whether it be like martial arts something like that one-on-one's hard enough one on two, you're gonna lose. Yeah, <laughs> if they're even remotely close to your skill level. Yeah, he's because the way you see it in movies is one on five is not one on five. It's one on one, and then one one on one. And then yeah, one exactly. On one. They like you wait just, their turn come to come sequence. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I've been learning a lot about coding because I've wanted to make this game because it'd be really interesting to like you have attacks and weapons and stuff that do damage, but you also have attacks and possibly weapons that are more about putting on a show. Yeah. And so, like, you have this idea of when you get reduced to zero hit points or, like, the other person gets reduced to zero hit points, there's a chance they don't, you or they don't die Mm -hmm. because if you put on a good enough show, you've got the crowd being like, yeah, we want this guy around to Mm -hmm. watch him again. Yeah. Like, if we were watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. In a society where people are cool with death, like if the uh, the eagles were like, all right, do we want to kill all of the eagles or keep them alive? Like, that was a really good game. Let's let's keep them around. <laughs> I'm envisioning Patrick Mahomes standing over Jalen Hurts with a battle axe. <laughs> and Roger, fu- Roger Goodell's out there with the thumb. <laughs> They like kill the people who are on the field, and there's just the firing line of the second and third stringers. Um, uh, oh, the poor Kelsey brothers. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> poor mom. But uh, yeah. So that that's what I've been focusing on. We've been. Uh, it's um, honestly really interesting because so one of the things that I really enjoy about like being a dungeon master with D and D is like when I'm telling the story and then things happen during sessions and stuff. And then when I'm writing what would happen in the next session or kind of what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. I love like restrictions and writing within restrictions. Yeah. Um, and so a big recent one that came up is like, so the whole point, one of the biggest points of the game is reading the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the crowd is either the problem is that the crowd is a binary thing where they're either saying on average, kill the person or don't kill the person. Right. How do you portray any of this without it being like the, that the game tells you if they are or are not wanting this person killed. Yeah. And then you make that decision. And so like I spent the past couple of days kind of like thinking about like, what are ways that like kind of mm-hmm. you can, uh, that it becomes more of a skill of playing the game to figure out what you should do than just the game telling you. Mm-hmm. And so I developed this like kind of a quick time event where there's the, like the crowd meter from kill to spare 
mm-hmm. is completely full and you do a real quick quick time event which is basically um you've probably experienced I'm, a quick time. I'm, I'm familiar with quick so time like events. you got a little fast spinning thing and you hit the button at just the right time and then the meter shrinks and it shows that it's either biased one way or the other a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like kind of random and so you keep doing quick time events like throughout the match and it'll shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink until the the that meter is a really thin line on one side or the other mm-hmm. of kill or spare and like then you know but throughout the match you could be messing up quick time events you may be doing stuff stuff that like expands the meter mm-hmm. and so by the end when you reduce the guy to zero hit points whatever that meter is at it may be like a range that spans across the threshold of kill or spare mm-hmm. and you don't know exactly where the 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 crowd is on that and mm-hmm. so you got to take a chance yeah. or you've been nailing it all you've dragged the fight on cuz that uh, so my idea was it just does a quick time event a bunch of quick time events right at the end when you reduce some zero hit points mm-hmm. but then nick was like well you could do them kind of throughout yeah. on like big moments and so it like as you're going you're like man this guy is at like five percent hit points right now and that meter is still big i gotta switch my strategy to only like interesting and flare attacks that don't yep. do damage and so like it kind of keeps you engaged to prolonging the the, yeah. the, the match because that's the thing is like the problem with my idea of the game is it's a one-on-one fight and every all of them are going to be like kind of long difficult combats right but with all of them like with all fighting games like with uh like uh, take god of war so i'm drawing a Mm -hmm. lot from god of war who in turn draws a lot from the souls games sure um you fight a bunch of really small guys build up build up build up build up and then there's the 10 minute long combat where there's like maybe 15 of them in the entire game right but like all of my fights would be those long like strategy like it's you're fighting this the one guy for like a long time yeah how do you like really make that worth playing and so like that's kind of like i've been thinking about so this is one of those questions that i'm like fighting with right now is like how do you what do you do to make that game engaging Mm -hmm. and so i've been listening to so the reason this is my watchman up to is because that's all i've been up to is both learning coding and like playing and like researching unity versus unreal which are both game engines and like which one's beneficial to what and like kind of setting up the so i've got my alphas uh Mm -hmm. so games in early release are alphas like alpha one alpha two something like that setting up what i'm gonna do with each like what's what are my bullet points of what i'm going to develop at which time Mm -hmm. so what constitutes the bare minimum of the game that i want to release right setting that up setting up the order of the things the mechanics that i'm gonna set up then what are the next level like what's the alpha two what are the next Mm -hmm. things that i would like to put in the game that kind of build up to it and then like at what point do i switch from unity which is really easy to pick up but like harder to master and also has some restrictions on like what it can do mm-hmm. to shifting over to unreal, which is a lot more powerful with like enemy AIs mm-hmm. and like as- and like uh, the aesthetics and like the yeah. appearance, stuff like that. And it's like a lot more powerful just in mechanics, but it's really hard to learn. Right. Like when do I, when do I switch that? I've been listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos about gladiators. Like mm-hmm. at this point I'm starting to figure out the, Cause you listen to a podcast or you like watch a, um, I saw Adam ruins everything. Have you, are you familiar with that? Familiar with Adam. So he did one about gladiator combat everything. and he was saying completely different numbers and stuff than, uh, another thing that I read. So I, I, I read one thing from some historians or like people claim to be historians who knows, uh, <laughs> that like, so a lot of gladiators 
could either be so you got the slaves who sure. were just in there to try to earn their freedom. Uh, gladiators would get three meals a day, as much water as they needed, medical care, because mm-hmm. gl- training a gladiator was expensive yeah. and like you wanted to keep so them up. It's an important investment. And so low income people would sometimes just join a gladiator school mm-hmm. knowing that they could die. But yeah. it's like it's the best chance to kind of like make it and like make yeah. money and stuff like that. It's like trying to become like feels a, like a metaphor for some Hollywood. One hundred percent something that I've been considering too because yeah. I, I want to make this game an RPG like mm-hmm. where there's quests and stories and stuff like that. Yeah. So as I've been listening to these podcasts and stuff like that, like they're so gladiators mm-hmm. mostly male. There were very very few gladiatrixes that were pretty much like just absolutely shafted in every way possible they would put like including literally probably well probably uh like they would be put in parody matches where they fight like a mongoose or something like just they were just like they were jokes yeah and so i thought of this like one cool story quest or story like side quest that it's a woman who's just like i just like i can fight i can prove that i can fight like i want to prove can you fight me like do whatever we need to do to like get that match set up and then you're like and then she'd be like, hey, you should, like, like let me win so I can prove it. And then, like, but, you know, that's going to – when I was thinking, I was like, oh, that would be kind of, like, rude to just have the female character, like, you just let her win. Yeah. Then I was like, what if I made her really, really hard to beat? <laughs> like, literally one of the hardest bosses. Like, you don't let her win. You actually lose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, stuff like that. So, like, learning, like, then you have, like, arbiters that are the ones who, like, kind of, uh, like, decide, mm-hmm. like, they're referees and stuff like that. All these different ideas about gladiators and, like, kind of forming these, like, side quests that I, you, you've you heard me talk about this all the time. Anyone who's been listening, like, care a lot about the quality of a side quest. Yeah. I want it to actually be a story. I don't want to go just pick up five flowers. Right. Like, and so I, all I of my side flowers quests. to hold metaphorical weight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love my, all of my side quests to be kind of long running, like three or four event things with the same character. And you're like learning history about how gladiators actually were. Mm-hmm. I t- I've taken so many tangents. So Adam, Adam ruins everything said like, yeah, some uh, people would fight like up to 40 matches. And then the other one was like, yeah, some gladiators would fight like 10 matches before they either die or gain their freedom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, those are two very different numbers. Yeah. And so like learning about like exactly kind of what they're talking about. Cause again, those numbers could both, both possibly be very accurate, mm-hmm. but the 40 matches probably happened more in like 1020 AD where it's against the rules to kill somebody. And people were really in it for like the fame and money. Yeah. And then the 10 matches could be in the 12 AD where you're probably going to die or you're just trying to get your freedom. Like very different cultures and how these worked. And like, there's just, there's so much interesting shit about gladiators Mm -hmm. that like, it's such a, you know, when you say gladiator, you just get the idea of like, oh yeah, two guys, no shirt, like which is true. Like no chest armor. Almost nobody wore chest armor. Uh, some slightly homoerotic imagery. And (laughs) like, then they, they kill each other and then you get the thumb up, thumb down. Like that's, basically all it is but there's like there's the you know i mean when you get like knocked down and you're like out like you're like fatigued and you're tired and like Mm -hmm. probably bleeding out you can like what they would do is you could just accept the death Mm -hmm. but like the thing with the thumb up thumb down like should they live or not Mm -hmm. that needs to be preceded by the gladiator that's on the ground holding their finger up asking for mercy Mm -hmm. no one like knows that like the tiny details that i'm just like it's it's currently my hyperfixation, obviously. Yep. I'm uh, way into it. 
But the thing with like this specific hyperfixation, I've been hyperfixated on like developing music, like yeah. de- like uh, painting, like stuff like that. The thing with this one is I have a very clear end goal. Yep. Which I think is why now I'm going on three, four weeks of this hyperfixation, which is one of the longest for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and I don't see any sign of slowing down. Like there's, I, there's so much to learn, mm-hmm. which is what helps with the hyperfixation is like, I, there's always more to learn about both coding and gladiators. Yeah. And so that's my watch of it up to learning gladiators and learn how to make a game. And it's like, it's so much fun. Like I love learning technical skills. Mm-hmm. So it combines that with, I also love history and like really digging into history and that, Mm-hmm. And like, and it it puts the two of them together, with also just this concept of a game that I've had for a long time. Yeah, that I think is unique, and I can't find a video game that does that. Yeah, like the I need to go and get those WWE, like one of the WWE games, yeah. and see what those ones do. Right, because like, because then, you know, I've every time I think about a concept of a story, like a short story or a movie or whatever, mm-hmm. there's always like something deeper with it or like some commentary that I want to do because I'm a pretentious bitch. Yep. Uh, but like, this gives me that chance where like, I can do like a, a, a feminism story with the gladiatrix mm-hmm. of like, you know, I can only go so far because I have, to, I'm personally restricted by the history that I want to at least like maintain. Right. But you know, women in 10, 10 B, uh, AD, Probably were like, hey, I want to be respected as a person just as much as women now. <laughs> so I can at least like play with those those yeah, themes stuff no, like yeah. that. Uh you have people who were like, I wanna die, or like uh there was there's uh instances of gladiators who were like who would make it into like they they were slaves, would get into the gladiator school, like really work on like getting good, and then they'd earn their freedom, mm-hmm. make it out into the real world, and then realize there's nothing for them in the real world, like in outside of it. And yeah. so they come back. Like yeah. there are instances of that happening. And so like I've got this side quest idea of a guy who like you fight him, you like let him win so he can earn his freedom, or you can kill him. Like it's sure. RPG. But if you like, if he earns his freedom, he goes out, and then like later on, he comes back. He's like, yeah, no, I, I can't stand it out there. I don't like fighting. Let's fight. Kill me. Like I just, like I, I'm done. Like and like yeah. emotional stories like that. That's though, good. I'm just like I want to put it in there, and like social commentaries. Like I can talk about with all of this, and also with. Uh, there's a, a podcast I listen to called philosophize this mm-hmm. that he, he does a very interesting, it, I I love the way he, he talks through philosophy, but in kind of an approachable way, he leads you kind of through like, he starts with like this really obvious, obvious idea. Mm-hmm. We live in a world. Yeah, probably obviously. And so like, he kind of, I, well, we I mean, the simulation, but th- there he, I did listen to his simulation one. Like there's the, the three theory, theories about simulation mm-hmm. or like, it's almost certain we live in the simulation is yep. like the idea, but he was talking about one called mythos mm-hmm. uh, or mytholo- mythology. Like what is present day mythology? Cause like we look back at history mythology, like mythology doesn't inherently mean the far past. Right. Mythology is like this, uh, like this idea of, who who do we look to for morals? Who do we look to for right. like how we behave and like what are explanations for behavior and stuff like that? Yeah. Religion is mythology essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was talking about like, yeah, like you look at all these historical mytho- mythology stories, like the epics, you have these heroes who fight enemies, fight uh, forces of evil and mm-hmm. like do this blah, 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 kind of, this kind of stuff. Like 
that's what the WWE is. Is yes, it's ridiculous uh, wrestling, but the people who watch wrestling, like WWE mm-hmm. wrestling, aren't watching for legitimate athletic like competition because everyone knows it's fake. Like the, no yeah. one thinks it's real. Right. But it's about this team versus this team and you have your favorite person and they're like they're enemies and they fight and they set up these really interesting like these complex these ongoing complex stories it's just as valid as reading comics or watching an uh, a forever going like reality show so roman like, reigns is hercules i mean maybe like, i don't know anything <laughs> about him or like what he does but like i mean that's like when he was i was just i was driving to D and listening to it and like I actually, st- I was at a red light, mm-hmm. and I was like, he said that, I was like, and I kind of stopped, and it had turned green, so someone honked at me, but I was like, I was stuck for a couple of seconds, like that is a really interesting point, yeah. That just from him just saying like a couple sentences immediately gave me a bunch of respect for WWE because like, <laughs> not like be- because that's what it is. They're not yeah. trying to be real sports like you look at football that yeah. is people doing their best to win yep. that's not what wwe is right they're not trying they're to win you don't have to entertain yeah exactly and i'm like that's that'd be a really interesting kind of like aspect to put into my game to maybe at least like reflect a little bit like maybe like a, maybe it came at like a guy's name he has three names and it's hh like it's triple mm-hmm. h essentially yeah like we're like there is the point in my game of making a commentary that WWE is very different mm-hmm. than what a lot of people think it is. I don't enjoy it. I'm not going to watch it. I mean, I'll probably watch it a little bit just to like maybe add a little bit of like, yeah. you know, backup to my story that I want to put in there. Yeah. But like, it's, I'm really excited about the, the reason I'm saying all of that part is because like all of that has been coming up while during this process of learning to make a game. Mm-hmm. Or it's not just only the technical stuff, but it's like thinking more about how society operates yeah. and like how does society operate and how would it receive things within the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what are uh, like, I mean, then like I said, history, like learning yeah. about history. What are things that I can do that I can maintain his historicity? I think historicity. historicity. Like it's, I, I it's so much fun. <laughs> I'm enjoying it so much. Just Good. every aspect of it. Because there's just always so much more, and like I may genuinely actually release a a video game. That'd be sweet. And oh, I'm so excited. I'm literally like only five hours left of my tutor- of this tutorial I'm working on right now before I'm like ready to before I have all of the knowledge. I've taken all the tutorials I need mm-hmm. for the first release of the game, mm-hmm. and so probably in the next couple of weeks I'll actually start working on the video game, all right. which is gonna suck. Because then I'll still have nothing to talk about with what you've been up to. Yeah. Because I'm going to continue working on that all yep. the time. But yeah, I did not think I would be talking for 20 minutes about that. You're excited. I am I'm very delighted. excited. This is good. <laughs> I feel like this, I want to tell people to like pick up a new creation hobby. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's, it's, you'll, you'll. I mean, I've done it several times, obviously, like with art yeah. and stuff, like where I get interested in something and then it kind of fades away. Yeah. But like a year ago, I never would have thought that I would be this passionate about making a video game. Like I love yeah. playing video games. They're so yeah. much fun. But like, I thought I would be this passionate about like making like writing stories or making books or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like this lets me 
do that. Like it lets me tell right. stories. I have this like little avenue of yeah. like telling stories that is wrapped up within the technical skills that I love picking up. The history, mm-hmm. like it is like the perfect like Venn diagram, like this perfect intersection of things that interest me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I could make money from this too, yeah. which is an interesting thing. Like Nick and I have been talking about that. We're like, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to just quit our job and do video game development. Yeah. And I was like, that's fantasy thinking. And then yeah. he's like, yeah, no, I was like, I've been, uh, listening to this guy who just like kind of made his indie game, sells it for 15 bucks. And he sold 300 copies in a month, like the first month that it's been out. And it's like, that's, that's, that's actual money. Thousands of dollars in a month. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and so I'm like, this could very really be a thing yeah. that would be interesting. The thing is, like, I, the part of coding I hate is the doing it more, like, it's it's not hate. It's just, I haven't, like, figured out. It's, like, finding slightly more efficient things to do. Right. Because the thing with coding is the the game is running on, like, picosecond level things. Like, right. each of these, like, functions is running, like once per frame or something mm-hmm. like that like a, a real not picoseconds not even remotely that fault that small but like but fast you're running at like 60 seconds uh 60 frames per second that code is running 60 times per second and so when you're like ah oh, i can like make it so that this code doesn't have to make this calculation mm-hmm. again that that is probably picoseconds of difference and so like that slight the those minor changes mm-hmm. I can't be bothered to worry about, but then when you have thousands of those going at the same time, that adds up. That adds up. And so I'm like, that's the part that I'm like, not super excited about is like going yeah. through and be like, how can I make this the most infinitesimally small amount more efficient, <laughs> which is not my alley because my alley is efficiency, which takes on big efficiency changes. Right. And so like no one would pay me with my degree to like, hey, how can we save like shave one second off per day? Mm-hmm. Like that's not, yeah, not it. But that's kind of the equivalent of yeah. making one code change. And so spending hours and days just going through like tiny little things that shave off a second per day, kind of thing. Yep. Not my uh, that's something I'm looking forward to. But you know what? Maybe that's what happens when you release like Alpha Two and mm-hmm. you're like making money. You can hire someone who does like to do that. And just be like, hey, fix it. <laughs> yep. So that's what I've been. Uh, oh, yeah. You're writing the music for it, too. Yep. I have a couple ideas already. Good. I'll play it for you in a minute. Nice. All right. I was not expecting this to be longer than the news episode. That is wild. This was an hour long episode. Shouse we? We'd probably better shouse. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find <laughs> us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and wherever other fine podcasts are sold. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. We also have that same handle on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook, sort of, nominally. Um, we have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where uh, I'm delighted uh, delighted by Preston's excitement about this video game. If you have experience in that world, tell him about it. If you got yeah. any if you got any fun tips or advice or um, you want to tell him it's a stupid pipe dream, don't tell him that. That's mean. Don't, you, don't, you don't need to do That's that. A- Add on to that. That's something. So I'm on a bunch of Reddit subreddits now yep. of like video game development and stuff like that. Something that I've been very impressed by mm-hmm. is that that community is at least what I've seen so far mm-hmm. is not toxic. Cool. Literally, I posted, I was like, hey, like, I'm like 
new to this? Like, how should I do this? Like, I posted a couple things, and people were like, like, I, I one of the big questions I asked is like, should I build a community behind this? Should I do like mm-hmm. a GoFundMe, like a Discord? Should I like post videos of my development process, stuff like that? Yeah. And like, the response was like, do it. Like, sure. like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? No do one's it. gonna pay attention. But also like, and then they were like giving really good advice. They were like, hey, like at this point, like your audience is really only going to be other developers. Right. You're not gonna get game fans. Because they don't care about the development process. And I'm right. like, that's a really good point. Like, Yeah, valid. So, like, I... And I think that maybe something that kind of helped me early on in, like, wanting to do this is, like, the community was accepting of new people. Because mm-hmm. that's one of those things that, like, the video game industry is not really cutthroat that I can tell. It may be, like, in the higher-ups or something like that. But, oh, like, sure, but... in the indie development... Because one of the questions I asked is, like, should I... Like, if I post things about, like, my game, like, making my game, mm-hmm. that's releasing my idea. Is that something that, like, people would steal, like, steal the idea and try to, mm-hmm. like, swoop in? Like, people are better at it than me and, like, do it really quickly and release mm-hmm. it and then screw me. And everyone's like, nah. It's not really Everyone's it got their own ideas. No yeah. one's going to try to steal yeah. your idea. <laughs> ideas, ideas are cheap. The execution. Yep. That's and exactly the... what someone said. Ideas are cheap. Yeah. No, it's a common thing in just different creative spheres. And, yeah, um, yeah no, like, uh, an idea is not just the kernel of the idea. It's the mm-hmm. totality of all this research and thinking about yeah. the world and thinking about how you want to execute things. And there's so much just internal thinking that goes into something like that, that, you know, yep. even if someone was starting from the same point and willing to put in that time and commitment on it, they're not going to end up with the final product remotely like yours. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, that's something. Yeah. Like, I like, I have yet to experience anyone being like, it's a pipe dream. Like everyone's just like, go yeah. for it, dude. Like it's a lot of people are like, there's a lot of like, if you want to do it in an unreal, there's a lot like, and like yeah. everyone's like, start simple. A lot of people are suggesting I start make like a, a different games. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry about my, like my passion dream like mm-hmm. game yet. Uh, but then other people are like, simplify it to the most, like what makes your game unique mm-hmm. and then keep it at that right now. Mm-hmm. Don't like, and so that's why I was like, so I want to do like uh weapon and armor, like modifications and stuff like yeah. that. Those are in other games. Not worried about that right now. Yeah. Like, and so like that was, uh, so people were saying like, make like other games, other simpler games first. And then other yep. people were saying like, start with the simplest version of the game and build on it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to do that one because I'm worried that if I just make other games smaller, yeah, I'm going to eventually lose the passion. For That's this entirely game. possible. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. sorry. I had to, Anyways, no yep. one's telling me it's a pipe dream and I love it. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, I think that's everything I'm supposed to say anyway. So thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.